0: Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in our midst. I would like to say a few things today about thankfulness. I know that there can be much said, but this gospel reminded me of this. And as I was preparing, I came across a quote from St. Basil the Great. He says, When you sit down to eat, pray. When you eat bread, do so thanking Him for being so generous to you. If you drink wine, be mindful of Him who has given it to you for your pleasure and as a relief in sickness. When you dress, thank Him for His kindness in providing you with clothes. When you look at the sky and the beauty of the stars, throw yourself at God's feet and adore Him who in His wisdom has arranged all things in this way. Similarly, when the sun goes down and when it rises, when you are asleep or awake, give thanks to God who created and arranged all things for your benefit. Thank God for this day. Thank God for this holy liturgy. Thank God for all that rain and the green, tall trees that it creates, and the rivers that it fills. Thank God for everything. (coughs) Thank God for the gospel today, and the whole gospel. For God so loved us, he gave us this gospel, so that we can know the truth about him, so we can know Christ, and so that we can be saved. And how can we not respond to the gospel and everything in it, and everything in this life, with gratitude. And yet, that doesn't necessarily characterize our life, does it? Are we filled every day with an overwhelming sense of gratitude with thankfulness to God? Or, while we are thankful for many things, is our life punctuated by the opposite of thankfulness? Grumbling, complaining, dissatisfaction. It seems that our whole culture Um, deals in the commerce of unsatisfaction and grumbling complaining and not having enough today this gospel according to a homily i found by metropolitan anthony balloon says this gospel is a short example of the way in which we most of the time receive the gifts of god so in this gospel we encounter christ and his disciples who are on their way on the border of Samaria and um, Galilee, on their way to Jerusalem, it says. And as they're coming upon a village, they encounter 10 lepers. Now, the lepers were not really allowed to go into the town because lepers at that leprosy um, was completely incurable. It was a progressive disease that took time, maybe from the time you were infected the time you started noticing it might be five years or 20 years but it keeps on progressing getting worse and worse and if you've read anything of the life of um, Saint Nikiforos the leper you know what a horrible terrible death sentence this is but it's a death sentence that is going to meet you with sort of a horrible disfiguring disease though not with pain I hear because It destroys your nerve endings, so you can't feel. Now this, at the time, was so contagious that it was considered to be unclean, and you could have no human contact. So we find the 10 leopards in their own little community hanging out together. Who else would a leper hang out with? You come across them, and they're in this state, sharing in their misery. They're desperate for mercy. And they cry out to God, that is to Christ, have mercy. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, they've heard of him, obviously, and they see him from afar, because they're not nearby, and they're shouting out to him, Jesus, so they know who he is. And they call him Master, because they've heard of him, and they understand that he has authority. And they say, have mercy on us. And this is exactly the the phrase that was used by so many who were in need of healing. And I think the word mercy has in it some connotation of a desire to be healed. Now Jesus has no conversation with them. He doesn't ask them, what do you want? There's There's no other interaction. But he says, go and show yourself to the priests. It's obvious what they wanted. And they begin to go and show themselves to the priest. Because to show themselves to the priest was essentially to have this command was essentially a promise that they were going to be healed. And they knew that if they were to be healed and then show themselves to the priest, the priest is the only one who could proclaim them to be clean and to be worthy of community again. Now, as they were going... They believed. They went, and they were healed. Can you imagine to have this terribly disfiguring disease, very uncomfortable, and they are suddenly healed? And Jesus himself says, wait a minute, where are they? He expected them to turn back, but only one does. Only one returns to fall down at his feet, and to thank him. Only one, Jesus says, returned to praise God except this foreigner. Where are the other nine? Well, for them, apparently, it was enough for them to be healed. Their bodies were healed, perhaps not their hearts. Were they thankful? Well, they were happy. They were glad they were um, healed. But were they thankful? Now it seems to me that to be thankful requires to have someone to be thankful to. To be thankful requires an expression, requires someone to say, ah, thank you, too. So if they were thankful, who did they express their thankful to? thankfulness to? Who were they thankful? Certainly they were glad. I hear people all the time who are, who are without faith, people of no faith, or atheists, or whatever, secular people. And they'll say, I'm so thankful, this. And I think to myself, really? Who are you thankful to? I would kind of like to ask them that question, but that might be a little aggressive. But truly, if we're thankful, we need to have someone to be thankful to, somebody to express our thankfulness. But, Isn't this an image of how we often behave? We receive the blessings of God, his gifts to us, and don't we take them for granted? How often do we forget to give thanks? Nine out of ten times, maybe? Maybe more? And even when we in prayer ask God for things, and he grants them to us, do we stop and say, thank you, Lord? Do we offer up a prayer of thanks? Or do we just go on our way? Because we're busy and we have to get on to the next thing. Yes, yes, we're thankful. Or are we thankful? Or are we just glad that we received the gift? Large things and small things, it's easy to forget them. We rush through our life happy with the gifts. We start our day, we hit the ground running. But how often do we stop? And we thank the Lord for the day that he has given us and all, all the things that are going to happen. Now I'd like to read a quote from this homily that I mentioned from Metropolitan Anthony Balloon. He says, We lose so much by not being grateful, because if we would learn to be grateful for the obvious (coughs) gifts of God, we would gradually discover that we can be grateful for a great deal more, for everything that providence puts in our way, not only things that we rejoice in, not only the wonders of life, but even the challenges of life, the things that require from us courage, greatness, and nobility, things that we fear, and how often we could overcome vanity or self-love by gratitude. Because vanity consists in looking at ourselves and thinking how wonderful we are at forgetting that all that we are and all that we have is a gift of God. If only every time we have said the right thing, done the right thing, been worthy of our human dignity, our human greatness, of our nobility, and also of the very names of being Christ's disciples. If every time we turn turn to God and said, yes, how wonderful are the words I have spoken. How good is the action I have performed because everything was of you. The occasion was given by you, O Lord. I was able to perceive the need because you whispered in my heart. Look, I could understand because I had my mind enlightened by the gospel. My heart responded because you touched it. And the heart of stone that I carry in my bosom, most of the time, became a heart of flesh, full of compassion and understanding. And you gave me the means by which to meet the need and the joy of meeting this need. If we could respond to everything this way, we would discover that life is made into an act of worship and of gratitude. To be grateful is to turn back toward Christ for everything. Most of us think we're okay. We're pretty good people. But we have to recognize that every good is from our God. And for us to turn and enter into thankfulness is to enter into proper communion with Christ. And then we, as we turn in thankfulness, will be affirmed in our faith, just like the leper was affirmed in his faith. Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the words to Christ to us when we offer thankfulness to him. If we can learn to truly be thankful for the obvious gift of God, his answers that God in his wisdom and providence sends us or allows us to experience, these are all God-given gifts to us for the benefit of our souls and for our salvation. These are those things that are difficult and require courage and strength, even those things we fear. If we are intentional about thanking God, then we can develop a heart of thankfulness, knowing that all things are a gift from God so that we might know him better and have peace in him and walk in union with him. Now I have a, an old friend of mine who has departed this life too early. And I do not recall a single conversation with that person in which he did not make his cross and say, glory to God. He had thankfulness in his heart all the time. And that glory to God was for all things. Whether it was a good thing in the conversation, whether it was a challenging thing in the conversation, or a bad thing in the conversation. And he was filled with this. And I want to emulate that. That thankfulness. Forgive me, some of the things God gives us are filled with pain and suffering. And to thank God from the midst of those is a great act of faith. But that is exactly the faith that Christ has given us. And that though we are suffering, we can be confident that God is with us and in that suffering, and that we can find a way to be thankful to him. Not in that suffering in the moment, but in what we know he will accomplish through that suffering. Now, if we fail to do this, we fail to develop a heart of thankfulness, we're in danger. In our lack of faithfulness, our lack of intentional gratitude and thanksgiving, we may start to think that we are the cause of the good that we experience. We deserve what we get. I lead a good life, and so I get good things. An unthankful heart is though never satisfied. An unthankful heart wants more and doesn't turn and say thanks to God for what they have. But turning to God in thankfulness is an act of humility. It's a return to God. Thankfulness is an act of repentance, turning to how we ought to be moving. and it can help us overcome our passions, our self-centeredness. So how are we to thank God? Let me offer you three ways. In the pre-communion prayers in Psalm 115, one of the verses says, What shall we render unto the Lord for all that he hath rendered unto us? Or in other words, What shall we give to the Lord for all the goodness that he has given us? The very next verse answers, I will take the cup of salvation and I will call upon the name of the Lord. This is what we have been doing this morning to prepare to receive Christ, his body and his blood, the cup of salvation. We call this the Eucharist and this word literally means thanksgiving. And there is no greater act of thanksgiving than for us to come here to offer ourselves to Christ. Join ourselves to him and to partake of him in this holy act of thanksgiving, communing with him. Number two, the obvious way is to pray, to stop what we're doing, to come away, or even in the midst of what we're doing, to stop in our minds and to pray. This way of thanking the Lord is available to us 24-7. But if we just feel thankful and we don't say we are thankful, are we really thankful? Like the thankful leper, we must return to Christ and fall at His feet every time we are aware of His gifts and blessings. Lord, make us more aware so that we might be filled with thankfulness, so that we can return to the source of all those blessings. And number three, we can thank God by emulating him. We can obey his commandments. We can forgive one another. We can love one another as he has loved us. We can love our neighbors as ourselves. And in doing these things and obeying the commandments, we become more like him, more like our Lord. and that is the purpose for which we were created, to become more like him. We aim to fulfill our purpose by living in thanksgiving, to become more like him by the grace that he is pouring out on us all the time. We need to allow room for his grace to work in us. And thankfulness, expressing thankfulness to God is what makes room for that grace. Forgive me, this is a very simple message, which I have managed to say many words about. But it's hard to do. Because of where we live and how we live, we are filled with self-centeredness that is nurtured by this world around us. And to be self-centered precludes our ability to be very thankful. But let us strive to live in a ceaseless thanksgiving. Let us take nothing for granted. Let's remember that all things truly are given by God to make us into who we are to be. Everything God has given us is from his immeasurable, infinite love for us. Now I might add a fourth thing. In the words of Elder Thaddeus, who many of you read, our thoughts determine our lives by him. He says, joy is thankfulness. When we are joyful, that is the best expression of thanks we can offer to the Lord who delivers us from sorrow and sin. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, let us with thankfulness try to live our lives whether things are easy or hard, to live our lives in the joy of the Lord, returning thanksgiving to Him so that He can add More joy back to us. Amen.